Hello, and welcome to the Dairy Defined podcast. Dairy nourishes Africa. It's both a fact, and it's also an initiative from Global Dairy Platform, an international effort to advance the sector's role in responsible food production. Food systems are in the world spotlight, and Dairy Nourishes Africa, or DNA, couldn't be more crucial to it. DNA is developing dairy's potential in East Africa, starting in Tanzania, using the expertise of dairy cooperatives in the entire supply chain to build resilient, sustainable smallholder farms and small business. Today, we hear from key people at every level of this effort. Andre Mikulewski, former CEO of CDI and advisor on the DNA project with Global Dairy Experience, is launching the project in Kenya. Thank you for joining us, Andre. Thank you very much, Alan. Jay Waldvogel is a board member of Global Dairy Platform and Senior Vice President of Strategy and International Development for Dairy Farmers of America. Thank you for joining us, Jay. Hey, thanks for the invite. Looking forward to the conversation. Jay is joining us from Chippewa Falls, Wisconsin, and Andre is in Atlanta, Georgia. Also joining us is Di Harvey, DNA's Regional Technical Director. He's in the United Kingdom. And Anati Kukushibira Kombeson, owner of Sebadom, a small dairy processing business in the Southern Highlands region of Tanzania, from where she joins us today. I'd like to start with you first, Jay. From a food security standpoint, why is dairy so important? And why are we focusing on East Africa? When you talk about food security and dairy's role, you have to start by understanding who we are as an industry, as a sector. Uh, the global dairy industry is a one billion person community. It starts with more than 130 million farmers around the world, uh, with 600 million people living and working on those farms. Farms that create 125 million jobs, jobs that are supporting hundreds of millions of other family members, collectively more than a billion people. The sheer scale alone indicates our role in food security. But even beyond that, if you look at how dairy plays out locally, highest quality nutrition, shortest supply chains, critical in times like COVID. Um, women led in many cases, nearly 40 million of those dairy farms are led by women who tend to make better choices on how they use the nutrition from those products for their kids, for example. Regular cash flow in environments that are critical. I go on about the issues. So it's a combination of the sheer size and scale of dairy and its role in food security but also that really, really local touch where dairy is very much around the corner for the people who need it. So why DNA's focus on East Africa? And there's really three things that define East Africa. One is the need. It's overwhelming in terms of nutrition. The level of stunting, malnutrition, wasting is huge. The flow on effects to economies, the flow on effects to education. The societal issues there are dramatic. So it's needed, very much needed. It's also possible. You can actually do it there because they have the land, the climate, the weather, a dairy herd, terribly inefficient, but a dairy herd, and an understanding and appreciation of what dairy does for the diet. So you have the, the resources available to pull. And lastly, and most importantly, I think for us is the credibility. It's a part of the world where you don't see a lot of international companies playing. You're really working with local people, local stakeholders, local farmers, local processors to find solutions for them. So where it's most needed, where it's most possible, and where you're most credible in delivering those results and we land in East Africa. We're seeing a lot of attention toward global food security and global food systems. You have September's UN Food System Summit. October brings you World Food Day. From your perspective, how does DNA fit into these global conversations and how does the global dairy sector benefit from DNA's work? Right now, the, the Food System Summit is is the most visible one, but there's all kinds of other things happening around. You mentioned 
World Food Day and others that are really talking about agriculture and often in the context of environment or other things than in food, oddly enough. And it's important for us to be proactive, to be positive, to be aggressive in telling the real story of dairy and not letting others define us or box us in in ways that, that are negative for us. Dairy is incredibly positive. I mentioned the scale and the local nature of it. But the impact we have on livelihoods and the impact we have on development is, is huge. And you can even look in history, go to Latin America, Mexico, go to Asia, Japan, Korea, and even China right now, and you can see the positive impact this dairy has had. So getting our story positively told is important. And the other thing that, that affects the industry and really catches the global dairy platform is, you know, in the U.S., we, we are worried about some of the issues around demand. Some critical parts of the U.S. dairy demand are, are slowing or, or stagnating. We know that. But around the world, dairy is still very much a growth industry, still growing at 2%. Most of that growth is coming to the developing world. It's where people who move into the middle class, who have the first dollar to spend, decide to spend it on nutrition. And their first choice often is dairy. And we need to keep that running. We need to keep those new consumers, whether they're in Asia or Africa or Latin America, to think dairy first. And if the perception of dairy is bad, we lose that conveyor belt of new consumers coming, consumers who are a strong future for the U.S. Andre, given your knowledge of these markets, could you tell us a little bit more specifically about DNA's work on the ground in East Africa and a little bit about the role U.S. dairy is playing within it? Well, Global Dairy Platform founded the DNA initiative originally. They were supported by Venture 37, which is a part of Land O'Lakes, and they're supported by Bain. So we have world-class expertise on the ground working uh, in the market. Um, DNA is designed as a public-private partnership. So as we launched into East Africa, we're doing that with private funding initially while we are looking for expanding the efforts with public funding. So that's how we funded the project. It was initiated by GDP. But what does it really look like on the ground? Well, the first market they selected was Tanzania. Um, we did that a little less than a year ago, and we did it with a very different approach. Over $800 million has been spent in East Africa over the years to try to develop the market and help with hunger, malnutrition, those things. And uh, they'd had $800 million is little to be found. People may have bought cows into the market and, uh, you know, there was no market for the milk. So the cows obviously turned into food products. If you were to go to school lunch programs and didn't have a supply of milk, uh, that created an issue. So this is a value chain approach that started in the middle with a cooperative or with a processor worked back towards the farm, helping them in some very significant areas, uh, whether it's women and youth empowerment or sustainability. We help with animal nutrition, crops, uh, seeds, the fertilizer, environmental sustainability, all those initiatives back towards the farm, and then work forward towards the end user and the consumer with product mix, how we manage businesses, uh, strengthening economic models. And we're hoping that the dollars that we target into the market are much more effective. You've asked your second question, what role is U.S. dairy playing in this, in this market? And first, many U.S. farmers through their churches or local organizations already support efforts in Africa. So this is a great way to add on to those efforts. Next, the U.S. was really a late entry entering into the Southeast Asia market. And we have an opportunity in this case to lead the efforts into a new market. 
The U.S. will also be recognized as a global leader. Uh, many times in the dairy industry, we haven't been recognized as global leadership, and this gives us an opportunity. It's an opportunity for U.S. dairy to build a business base in one of the fastest growing regions in the world over the next 20, 30 years. It gives us an early start on building relationships in this part of the world where we may not have the relationships uh, in place yet. And it gives the U.S. dairy industry a real opportunity to make a difference in this part of the world and to do good, starting with the work in Tanzania. We're focusing a lot on DNA's work in Tanzania, but give us a little preview of what's going to be coming in Kenya and, and who's supporting that effort. Well, very fortunately, we were able to secure a lead sponsor for us to expand into Kenya. Uh, this is uh, That was done by CoBank. Uh, we are in the process now. We've selected a processor owned by a cooperative with over 9,000 members into Kenya. Uh, and as we launch into the market, U.S. Dairy has been very supportive. Our founding founding members of GDP have been supportive uh, with U.S. companies such as Dairy Farmers of America and Land Lakes. But we've had additional support from a number of co-ops and many more people such as Prairie Farms, people such as Hillmar Cheese, uh, California Dairies, United Dairymen of Arizona. So we've had quite a bit of support as the U.S. looks at the launch into Kenya. So a very exciting program and lots of opportunity to do good in the world. How can someone in the U.S. or, or really anywhere someone is listening to this podcast help support this effort? The best way for people to help support the program is, is two ways. One is through in-kind support or offering your expertise, similar to what you may have done in the past through mission trips or through your local organizations where you've supported efforts in Africa. The, the second way is to provide some funding, and small or large, we're using this as interim funding until we get the larger grants. And we will have more thoughts on how to help. But in the meantime, let's go to the Southern Highlands region of Tanzania, where Anati can tell us a little more about how she's getting dairy to those who need it. Anati, welcome. Thank you so much. Tell us a little bit about what you do and how you became involved in DNA. Well, um, we are a daily processing company. We started our company four years ago with me and my mom. We produce yogurt, fresh milk, and imtindi. But uh, we also work with uh, small-scale farmers, about a hundred of them, where we source our milk from them on a daily basis. We started this company when I had my kid. Uh, she's six years now. When uh, she was about to start have, consuming dairy products, it was a bit of a challenge to get uh, the quality milk for her. So because of that uh, challenge that we faced, that is when uh, Sebadom came in. We said, okay, maybe we can uh, grow some business from there. What are some of your biggest challenges as a business? One of the challenges we had is uh, sourcing the quality of milk, high quality of milk, because the farmers that we work with, they have a bit of a limited knowledge on um, animal keeping. Number two, uh, we had problem with uh, storage, keeping of the milk, because milk being a product that can uh, perish it is perishable very quickly, so we had a problem on that. But uh, we are glad that uh, uh, DNA had helped with uh, with these challenges. And uh, running capital as well, 
it is a, is a, a problem for small companies like us. How does DNA assist with finance? When DNA came in, they came in uh, when the pandemic COVID nineteen was uh, was it was serious, and by that time our business was uh, really bad. So we were we were not sure if we could continue with the business. So when DNA came in, first of all, we had time to sit down and assess the position of the business where it was uh, with the pandemic and everything. First, we got to understand. Uh, what our business was like because we were making total loss. So they helped us first before with the finance, they helped us first to set the business, at least like to push it back through where it was, at least it can operate itself. That is number one. And uh, with the quality of milk, what they did, they helped us with the training uh, with, our, with our farmers on uh, animal keeping as well as um, in the storage part, they helped us to, with the customers that we work with, they provided us with uh, fridges for them to store our milk. So all those initiatives, they've helped us to stabilize our business and um, to, to the, the uh, small amount that we have, the money that we have, we have managed to operate our business with the money that we have. Since you and your mother began this business, mm. you've grown to 50 employees working with more than 100 farmers. Yeah. What is your longer term goal? Well, our longer term goal is that uh, uh, in five years, uh, we, we are hoping to grow our business eight times to where we are right now. And we also want to increase the number of uh, farmers that we work with, at least to four times to where we are. So by five years, we are hoping to have at least 500 farmers in our database, and the business should be able to grow about 800, eight times from where we are right now. Turning it over to Dai Harvey, who is working with Anati as DNA's regional technical director. Dai, do you think Anati can meet her goal? Yeah, no, absolutely. The, the great thing about Bhartanati and, and her mother is, is their openness to, to new ideas and openness to, to, to realizing that when you're growing your market, you're growing your market and growing your, uh, your customer base, it's more, more than just uh, finance that is important. It's a positive attitude and very much looking at a, a way that you can uh, look to grow your, your demand for, for a quality product. Um, we have a very nice saying, which is which is um, which is very true, which is quality of the product can only get worse when it goes into a factory or into a processing plant. So investing in your farmers and investing in the quality assurance of your product that's coming off the farm is really important, and that's exactly what Anati and her uh, and 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 their company has done: is invest in invest in the farmers to improve the quality of the product. And that's a really important piece of uh, the DNA uh, DNA initiative. And how does this effort um, working with Anati fit into the goals that that DNA would have in in Tanzania and beyond? At this stage, we've been uh, working in Tanzania, um, uh, look uh, at developing uh, repeatable models. This is honing and fine tuning our approaches for different enterprises of different scales, different farmer allied enterprises. So. An enterprise which is willing to invest 
back into the supply chain, um, both forward and backwards. So both into the consumer part and also to the uh, the supply side for the farmer side. Working with with them, um, developing these repeatable models across Tanzania with enterprises of different scales in different regions. Currently, we're working with just under three hundred thousand um, consumers, um, and about two. Uh, by the end of the year, will be just over two thousand farmers um, that they're supplying into the into the supply chain to those consumers. But at the end of uh, at the end of the period um, that we want to in five years' time. Uh, we wish to be working with about 2.5 million consumers and and working with over 20 uh, these farmer allied enterprises with a with our with our higher goal of working with um, approximately 20 20,000 commercially orientated farmers and creating about 3,000 jobs. Talk about the need in Africa for basic nutrition. Our real focus is to ensure that dairy and animal source foods can help to address one of the single biggest challenges within within Tanzania and then within the region, which is the uh, large amount of uh, child uh, childhood malnutrition um, uh, across across the region, um, which is uh, which is uh, very shocking when you hear the numbers. Uh, certain countries, uh, countries in the region will, re- will range between 35 to uh, to 45 percent of the children under five um, suffer from malnutrition. In any sort of economic development, poverty alleviation effort, you often will run into issues of scalability, getting it to the point where the numbers are making a meaningful difference in an economy and a society. Do you see DNA? as a potential model that can help build an industry across East Africa with the lessons that you have learned? Absolutely. No, very, very much so. And I think this is where DNA is different to other models and to other development um, investments that have been made in the past is that it is, firstly, it is um, it is scalable. Um, and, and secondly, we've started with an end in mind um, and looking at how will this continue to grow year on year? Um, I'll give you a very nice example. Um, was working in Tanzania, looking at, as we were mentioned earlier on, about the repeatable model and gaining proof points um, within Tanzania. We we have carried out various surveys and and discovered that less than two percent uh, of schools that that in our survey had um, dairy products and milk as, as part of their meal plans. So we then carried out another survey of the parents um, on, who were take, sending their, school, their, their children to these schools, and 68% of them said if offered dairy products, they would much prefer to offer dairy products than they would the current um, uh, products uh, that, that are there, and they will be willing to pay for them. So there gives you a really nice idea of the the insights that we can gather by the DNA team. Anati, tell us a little about your efforts in schools. Currently, we are working with uh, two schools, but we have added uh, extra two schools, so it is four schools right now. And uh, we are glad that at first, uh, the parents were a bit bit, uh, resilient, should I say, Uh, but now... At least we have seen the improvement. And uh, the plan is that uh, by the end of the year, 
we are hoping to have like 10 schools in, a, in our database that we should be working with. What so far have you learned that's been most gratifying or insightful as you've been working with this project? It is incredible how even given the massive challenges that we have faced, given the global pandemic and given all of these other challenges, how, how people are, are very resilient and continue to be open to ideas and continue to be willing to accept um, and look at um, different, uh, different, different changes. Dairy Nourishes Africa can have such an impact on, uh, on farmers' livelihoods. Um, and then with that, allowing people to send children to school and to be able to invest for the future. And I think as we just heard from the wonderful experiences from Subadon, a small uh, woman-owned enterprise uh, seizing the opportunities and then really looking at that future, wanting to grow, grow eightfold in, in, in over the next uh, five years. What, a, what, a, what an inspiration. I wish there was more of that in the world. Yeah, I would want to circle back to some of the things that Andre mentioned earlier about how you can get involved and why you may choose to want to get involved with Dairy Nourishes Africa. And if we look at our, our members and companies that have joined already, there's, there's several different reasons they want to participate. Some simply view it as a good charitable activity. They simply want to contribute to something that's doing good. Some look at it and say it's a great opportunity for us to support critical global goals. I want to support strategic or sustainable development goals or a global net zero approach, and this is a way that they can do it. Some view it as a way to reinforce that their companies, their brands are purpose-driven. They, they find it a great way to tell the story of their brands to attract the right kind of employees in the future. Um, and some are quite honestly looking for ways to enter the market. They see this as a way to learn more about an interesting market that maybe in the future they want to invest directly in. There's lots of reasons to be here. And how? Um, we like checks. Send us some money. We're happy to put it to a good use. We love direct involvement. Um, we've had heads of R&D from big US, U.S. companies involved directly in projects, heads of innovation from U.S. companies involved in projects. And lastly, and maybe most importantly, because everybody who hears this can do it, share the story. Tell people about what dairy can do. Tell people what dairy is doing and help reinforce that dairy is a, is a positive um, solution to problems facing the world and really can help people where they need it most. I just wanted to thank DNA for what uh, they are doing. Truly, if it wasn't for them, probably would have closed the business right now. And for us, closing the business, meaning 100 people, 100 families, uh, shutting down what they are doing. So we are really grateful. And I just wanted to encourage DNA team to keep on pushing what they are doing. We are very grateful. Jay, Andre, Dai, Anati, mm -hmm. thank you for your time. Thank you. You're very welcome. Thank you so much. And that's it for today's podcast. To learn more about Global Dairy Platform and the DNA effort, visit globaldairyplatform.com. If you're interested in contributing to the effort in a lot of ways, the email to reach out to is dna at globaldairyplatform.com. And Anati has an Instagram page. Be sure to follow it at instagram.com slash yogurt. That's S-E-B-A-D-O-M yogurt, spelled with an H, Y-O-G-H-U-R-T. And for more of the Dairy Defined podcast, this podcast is on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, and Google Play under the podcast name, Dairy Defined. Thank you for joining us. 